Hi everyone, welcome to the Stormkeep. My name is Paul, and today with me I have Mergank. Hey guys. Today we're going to be talking about unit comparisons. Uh, this is a topic that I specifically requested because I'm a big mathy guy. I like to know exactly how much damage uh, my units are expected to do. Exactly, in a dice game, right? Like, that makes sense. <laughs> but uh, I, I want to have rough comparisons of units, like, based on both how much damage they actually do, how many wounds they have, how many wounds per point, how much damage per point they do, um, just so I can make proper judgments. So that's why I specifically pushed for this one. And uh, that's probably why JJ decided to go on vacation this week, because he knew this was coming up. <laughs> okay, uh, first one here is going to be the Longstrike Raptors against the Bow Judicators. Uh, the format of this podcast will be a quick slide explaining why we want to compare the units and some assumptions we make, followed by an analysis of uh, directly comparing their different stats together, then looking at some damage breakdowns, and then finally doing an analysis. And then So with the Longstrike Raptors and Bow Judicators, we are comparing these units because they're both very similar in what they do. They're both long-range shooting uh, that can do a Thunderbolt volley. They both do mortal mm -hmm. wounds on hit rolls of six, and they're both so expensive that you generally don't want to use both in the same list. You either want to do one or the other, right? You don't want to bring 15 Judicators Absolutely. and six Raptors. It's way too much shooting. You're not going to get on objectives. It's, it's just a mistake. So you typically pick one of these two. So Correct. the assumptions we're going to make, just to simplify how you do this, the Judicators are not going to use the Shockbolt Bow because it has a very high variance. Uh, being d6 attacks, and it also doesn't do mortal wounds on hit rolls of 6, so it kind of muddies the comparison a little bit here between these two units, because we really just want, uh, like, if you have two shots that both do mortal wounds on a hit roll of 6, you can compare that to two shots that do two mortal wounds on a hit roll of 6, if you have, you know, triple the models versus, versus more shots, right? So it, it makes a more interesting comparison if you ignore the d6 damage bow, even though I will say it does increase the average damage output of the unit against... Uh, Five, four, five, and six saves, it's a little bit higher, but against twos and threes, which is generally what you're going to be shooting with these units, it's not a big difference. So, you know, if you have the bows, keep using them. If you don't have them modeled, I wouldn't break any arms off and put them on. I don't think anyone even knows what they look like, so don't bother. Yeah. yeah. The only people who know <laughs> people are people who have built like five units of Judicators, like <laughs> probably the people listening to this podcast. They're the only ones who know the difference. Most people don't even know yep. what, a, what a prime is in the Stormcast unit. Like, which one's the leader? It's the guy with the red yeah. and blue, obviously. <laughs> But, yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, we're not going to consider Aether Wings in this uh, scenario, even though we could, because I, I feel like you don't need Aether Wings like you used to, right? Aether Wings used to stop melee combat. Now they're a body and a plus one hit, and that's it. So mm -hmm. you don't you don't need them. And just for the sake of having a fair comparison, um, uh, uh, not fair. It's not the right word. A flat comparison. Try to flatten out everything as much as possible. We're not going to consider the Aether mm -hmm. Wings. We will discuss them later and how they could impact the potential comparison. Uh, right now, though, all we care about is the absolute damage done. We're going to look at the just efficiency. the raw efficiency, not the efficiency, just the raw damage, right? Not raw, the, okay. Yeah, not the rate up per point, just the, mm -hmm. the actual damage done, because you only get one thunderbolt volley, right? You don't really care uh, how many. They're they're similar enough in points when you consider the, the raptors uh, don't include a battle line. That it, yeah, it's yeah. roughly the same. It's like six hundred versus. 595, right? It's really close. So, all right. Mm -hmm. So, let's look at six long strike raptors versus 15 bow judicators. These are typically the unit sizes you're going to be using. If you use these units, you're not generally going to use judicators in units of five. They are a viable unit in a unit of five, uh, but I think the way to use them 
in particular is to use 15 of them in order to maximize. I'd say 10 is okay. I'd say 10 is all right for some lists. I think 15, yes. 15, definitely, but you could you could go go by with ten. Yeah, there's some lists by. I've I've built. I'm personally not the biggest fan of doing it. I feel like if you if you have 400 points, then you probably have 480 points, right? So if you have, I, I I'm right now in the mindset that 15 judicators is the way to go. I've seen lists that use 10, and I I like them a lot, but mm-hmm. um, it's not for me personally. I want more value out of that that Thunderbolt Bali. So it is it can't be overkill. Uh, so <laughs> all right, so breaking down just the numbers here, 15 judicators is. 15 bodies with 30 wounds as opposed to 6 bodies and 12 wounds. Uh, you'll mm-hmm. notice that throughout this presentation I've marked the superior winner category as red. should have marked range 30 inches as red. I'm not sure why it doesn't say that. But uh, I did not specifically mark models because it's not a good thing or a bad thing necessarily to have more models. Because you'll notice down one of the categories is a footprint. The amount of space the unit takes up is again neither a good thing or a bad thing. There's advantages and disadvantages to having a smaller unit or a larger unit. In the case mm-hmm. of this particular unit, I would prefer having a smaller footprint because it means more of your models can easily get into line of sight. They don't take up as much mm-hmm. space. So if you're dropping them into play with scions, that's actually an advantage to have a smaller unit because your enemy can't block you. There, there's certain scenarios, especially if you're playing in a castle formation where your enemy will fully surround you and you just won't be able to deep strike in your unit that you protect from shooting. So in this case, a, a medium footprint is preferable, but it's not strictly better. Having more models means you can hold more models on an objective. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but clearly, more wounds is better. There's no downside to having more wounds, I think, universally. There might be you know, one ability that might do more damage based on the number of models or wounds you have or something, but that's not a huge consideration in this. Uh, the number mm-hmm. of shots is relevant. Uh, in particular, I, I, it's kind of ironic. I marked shots 31 as a good thing and damage 2 as a good thing. In general, damage 2 is better than damage 1, but there are enough effects in the game now that you might want to consider not bringing a full list of damage 2 or 3 units because uh, they'll mm-hmm. reduce your damage by 1, in which case that you know, long strikes are you know half as good, which is a shame. Yeah. So the number it- of shots is relevant, um, smooths out variance, and it also has a higher max damage. Technically, Judicators swinging high can do more damage than long strikes swinging high, Long strikes are a lot more reliable and accurate because they have, they wound on twos instead of threes, um, mm-hmm. and their their max damage is twenty four, which is not the highest. Especially later in this podcast, you'll see there's there's another shooting unit that just blows both of these guys out of the water in terms of max damage. But uh, twenty four is good and it's very reliable and it's really long range. Mm-hmm. So so I like what long strikes offer and they're cheaper, uh, but they don't come with a battle line slot which in some cases matters. So yep. so far, the, the units are looking pretty similar. Uh, there's no clear winner, I would say. There's pros and cons to each one, especially the wounds. That That's a big difference. Like having 30 wounds mm-hmm. instead of 12 is a giant difference. Especially against counter-range projection, definitely. Light shooting happens, and long strikes can't even handle a light amount of shooting. Like if a Ideneth Shark runs up and, and shoots a couple shots at you, you might lose a raptor or two, which is just, it's brutal. <laughs> it's, a, yeah, it's a big it deal to have that few wounds. Absolutely. Um, now, I, I, I noted some other things at the bottom there. One of them is Inspired, the Triumph. Adjudicators benefit from that, and long strikes generally don't because they're wounding on 2+. plus. There might be some effect that reduces you your wound rolls, but in general, um, adjudicators can be pushed further than what this analysis shows because they can benefit from Inspired. 
Um, and as I noted there, battle line, Judicators will fill that. Long Strikes are never battle line. And then I added just one more note there, the Aether Wings, the Long Strikes can benefit from that. And the reason that matters is because Aether Wings are the only way to give a Long Strike unit, any shooting unit, plus one hit in the hero phase, which is when you're using Thunderbolt Volley. Yep. So if you want, or even for Unleash Hell. For Unleash Hell, that's another one. Yep. If your Aether Wings are just floating around nearby and your enemy charges you, uh, you have plus one hit from that. If you stacked it with a Toralon effect earlier in the turn, on your turn, because it lasts until your next hero phase, you're now at plus one while using Unleash instead of minus one, which is really, really strong. Yep. All right, let's break down the numbers here. Uh, you can see against two up, three up, four up, and five up saves, uh, the, the long strikes do more. So let me explain how these charts work. Uh, the first column there is their standard shooting, which is just no hit buffs, no wound buffs. Uh, the second row or column, I always get these mixed up. Row. Second row is right. all out attack <laughs> or or any any plus one hit effect in general. So it could be Aether Wings, it could be the Toralon effect, it could be all out attack. But the point is you're shooting at plus one. It's a common enough profile that it's worth considering. And then the third mm -hmm. column there, it third row, is Thunderbolt Volley, which is a combination of standard and all out attack because that's typically the sequence you're going to do it in. You're going to do a standard attack and then you're going to do another attack at plus one. So the Thunderbolt Volley is the average damage from a double tap that you can expect to see. I also added columns here for Unleash Hell, uh, just to kind of show what that would look like. Now remember, the, the Long Strikes can benefit from the Aether Wings in order to get either a standard or a plus one hit shot with the Unleash Hell. Um, and they are pretty good. You can see on a, on a three up save, all out attack shooting is 13 damage. So when you get charged and you got Aether Wings and Toralon, you can shoot them back for 13. And they can't all-out defense against that because it's charge phase, so it's pretty good. Yep. Um, but you can see, in, in general, the damage is surprisingly close all across the board. Uh, you can see, for example, Thunderbolt Volleys, which is what you care about here. 19.7 for the Long Strikes versus 18.4 on the Judicators, and that scales up to about you know, 31, 34. It's shockingly similar, mm -hmm. and you can see that demonstrated in the graphs here. So the standard profile, they're almost neck and neck. The Judicators pull a little bit ahead at uh, six up saves because Ren 2 has the same effect on, on five and six. Um, and that's a consistent mm -hmm. pattern. You can see the Judicators pull ahead against six up saves. In general, I'm not bringing a unit to kill stuff with a six up save. I'm not that concerned about it. So that's not a big deal to me. But you can see there's a little difference. Uh, very little difference all across the board. Very similar. Yeah, I think I'm really interested in the three up saves. I know like four up used to be the baseline, but I'm very much concerned with how every unit performs against a three up save. Yeah, three up seems um, to be the standard now for for how we judge things. It is still worth considering fours and fives because there are a lot of units that, um, you know, you can only all out defense one unit at a turn, right, or one unit mm -hmm. per phase. So if you mm -hmm. are mixing in some shooting, uh, some high volume shooting like crossbows, and then you have a raptor unit, it, it's worth looking at. In general, I I care about the three up more than the other values. Two up is also worth considering because there are some three up heroes that are going to stack armor, so you should take a look at that as well. All right, so doing an analysis here. Um, they're very similar damage in all scenarios, like I said. Long strikes are a slightly higher against most save rolls except sixes. Judicators deal about 9% more damage against that and negligible damage difference when using Unleash Hell. Long strikes in general are dealing about 9% more damage um, in the best case scenario, which is plus one hit against two up saves. And long strikes as I mentioned, can shoot twice with plus one hit in, in the hero phase if you translocate Aether Wings towards the enemy front line. Now, you're limited in what you can reach on that um, because you're, you can only move within more than three inches from an enemy. 
So even if you translocate and then move your birds up, you're still limited at what you can hit. And that might not be the best use of your birds. You might want to save them for future value. So you might want to move them back after you after your Thunderbolt volley. Uh, so conclusions. Both of these units are strong and viable. Long strikes have more damage, have more range, they're more accurate, they cost less points, but they are super fragile and you have to build a list that is going to protect them. If you just leave them exposed and your enemy can charge them with even light cavalry, they will just crumble. Uh, Judicators, on the other hand, have a lot more wounds, they have a lot more bodies, and they fill a battle line slot, which means you don't have to spend 115 points on, judica- on uh, Liberators. Um, mm-hmm. Judicators are easier to revive because doing 30 wounds is a lot more effort than doing 12 especially with long-range mortal wounds, which seems to be the common counter to Stormcast shooting. Raptors are just going to get wiped out before you can revive them. So I think in this case, since the damage is so similar, uh, long strikes have a slight edge, but the amount of wounds you gain from Judicators is significant. So I think it's a, it's a list decision. It's a meta gaming decision. Um, if you are playing I against... I think it's a, it's a more... I think uh, an aggression versus a castle decision and how how you want to build your castle because really you can use raptors as you know standalone units for supporting annihilator spam or you can take raptors to support your protector liberator castle but judicators are more sturdier in a castle formation so maybe there's a role for them there yeah if you're if you're playing for example like a hammers of sigmar castle where you have a one of your battle lines isn't a liberator unit that's going to be screening you may want to take Judicators instead because you won't have as many screens available. Mm-hmm. So just being able to take more damage before uh, before you get wiped out is very useful, especially because you can translocate out of combat and still shoot other things. Uh, personally, I prefer the long strikes. For me, it's about the 6-inch range. I, I like having as many options as possible. I would probably mm-hmm. even pick long strikes if they did the exact same damage or maybe even... 5 to 10% less than Judicators, just because I like having that range so much. Uh, they can stay further back, they can target things that Judicators wouldn't be able to target because uh, bodies are blocking them. Yeah, the range mm-hmm. is what I, does I specifically like them for the negative 2 run, because the way all our defenses and you know save stacking is working these days, Judicators are sort of on the mercy of uh, how many 6s you roll. Now, if you're rolling on average or above average, it's fine, but sometimes you're not going to roll any 6s, and that minus 1 isn't going to matter against so much as against a 3-up save, but a minus 2 might. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I can see that. Uh, another thing to note here is that Judicators suffer no penalties against Coalesce units, unlike, mm-hmm. unlike Raptors who have their damage halved. And yeah. Judicators suffer less against Ethereal units because they don't rely on Ren 2 to do their damage. Yeah, they have a better volume of shots. Yeah. Yes, yeah, they do higher volume, so in general, it's, it's better against Ethereal units. But yeah, both units are good. It really comes down to preference, which is awesome. I like seeing stuff like that where it comes down to preference. There's small advantages either way. Yeah. It can also be a meta call, which is also great. Excellent. Like That's how it should be, in my opinion. Yep. Okay, uh, next up, we are going to talk about the Storm Drake Guard and the Dracothian Guard. So why would we compare these two units? Well, they're similar in a lot of ways, but the main reason I want to compare them is because I feel like everybody's losing their minds over how good Stormbreaker <laughs> Guard are. And what I want to show you is they're not as good as you think. They are good. They are very good. But mm-hmm. not for the reason that you think they're good. And if you go into, if you, you drop a whole bunch of money and have your expectations really, really high, you're going to be disappointed. Drakes are good. We talked about how good they were in our list building uh, last week, which, by the way, nice job on all those mistakes you made. 
the, the comments pointed out. I mean, okay, I made one battalion this day. Embarrassing. Just embarrassing. <laughs> I hope I never make a typo. That would just be the end of it. Okay, um, so, so Stormdrake Guard are very good, um, but they are very expensive, and I just want to, both in terms of money and points, I'm assuming they're going to be expensive. They're going to make a lot of money on these. And I just want mm -hmm. people's expectations to be tempered, right? And, and I also want to examine the question, are they overpowered at 285 points? Are they undercosted, like everybody seems to be saying? So let's take a look at similarities in these units. Uh, they can both be battle line slots, right? Potentially, depending on your list, if you're playing Hammers or if you're playing a Star Drake or a Draconis. Uh, they're mm -hmm. very similar in terms of roles. They are three-up cavalry that wants to charge, right? So you can play the sword version... And, and I think you can compare that more to concussors who do more sustained damage. Uh, but I think what everybody's going to really want to do is use these as a cavalry unit that charges through and, and pushes through, right? So let's, mm -hmm. for the sake of this discussion, we're going to treat them as a charging unit. So we're going to compare them with fulminators, who are the other charging unit. Uh, so we're going to compare mm -hmm. the differences in their damage that they deal, both on the charge and off the charge. We're going to look at their durability. Uh, we're going to look at their efficiency. And they have a lot of similar attacks, so it's actually pretty easy to do this. Uh, both units are 3-up, three 3-up three with all their attacks. The, the mounts are Ren 2 damage to. Um, same model count. It, there's just a lot of similarities here. Uh, so we're going to assume mm -hmm. 4 drakes with lances against 4 fulminators. Uh, we, you could also look at 6 storm drakes, but I think that that's just a different discussion. Because it is a very expensive block of dudes, and it, it, your whole list is defined by that 6 storm drake at that point. Right, so that's yeah. that's a different list. You're not making this comparison anymore, right? Uh, and six yeah. fulminators is generally not worth considering because they only have one inch range. Even though they have those glaives, they're still one inch range. Yeah. So, and that, yeah, we'll we'll talk about the range on storm drakes. Doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so we're going to assume <laughs> that the turn these units charge, they're both able to use their breath attack. Like there's no shenanigans going on that would stop them from doing that. It makes the comparison a lot easier. Um, mm -hmm. we're going to assume that the Knight Draconis hero phase breath attack is not included. Because that's not part of the Storm Drake unit. That's something that you get when you have a Knight Draconis. And you don't have to bring a Knight Draconis in order to have Storm Drakes. Yep. So that's, I mean, that's something... a 255 force multiplier. It's, it's the same reason we didn't use Aether Wings. So it makes sense. Yes, yes. You're spending 255 points. You're almost buying an entire unit of Storm Drakes to breathe again the Storm Drakes. Which is not worth doing when you only have one unit. Arguably not even worth doing when you have a squad of four. I think it's really good when you have a squad of six. Um, but with a squad of four, paying 255 points just for that ability is not so great. So that's a different consideration. We're not going to look at that this time. We're just going to compare unit to unit. We're not looking at too much external synergy. Um, we are not comparing the breath attacks when you use Unleash Hell because you may not necessarily want to Unleash Hell with these units. You may want to use your command points for something else. But it is considered that the Stormdrake Guard do have a better Unleash Hell. Not by much. It's it's a difference of about three mortal wounds per model, or sorry, three mortal wounds total. Uh, but it's mm -hmm. it's something, right? It's it should be yeah. noted that the storm drake guard do have a better unleash hell, and that's about the end of that discussion because there's too many other factors going on to to make that part of the discussion. Um, also, not counting the Drake instant kill because it's a it's a fairly strange ability. I believe uh, it happens after all of your attacks are done, in which case you've probably killed everything that you're fighting. If you haven't killed it, it's yeah. because it's a huge monster that you can't instant kill. Yep. And it's only one per unit, not one per drake. Right. So if you have a squad of six, you still only roll once for that ability. Um, mm -hmm. 
it's also horribly inconsistent. So how the heck do you account for that damage? Because you could have a whole tournament where these drakes never fight anything that they can they can kill, uh, or yeah. or you have a tournament where they fight every turn against one wound infantry. There's yeah, I mean most of the time you'll end up doing two damage or three damage worth of right it's like worth of damage worth of sniping a model like. It, in the best, wounds worth of the best case scenario, you're instant killing a five wound model that has a five up ward, right? Like that's a really good scenario, but it still requires mm -hmm. rolling a six. It's it's too variable. It's too inconsistent. So for the sake of this analysis, we're not going to consider it. We will talk yeah. about how, like at the end, we can be like, oh, when you account for this, does it make a difference? We'll see. Uh, we're also not sure. counting hit and wound buffs because these units are both on threes and threes. It, they basically have the exact same way of getting plus one to their hit and wound buffs. So mm -hmm. it's not really worth considering. So don't look at this necessarily as our previous discussion, which was how much damage can a Thunderbolt Volley do? This is strictly a comparison between two units, not necessarily look at how much this unit can do when you pump it up. Okay. So four Storm Drakes and four Fulminators. Uh, Storm Drakes, they have the edge on wounds. They have the edge on bravery, which is surprising. That stat could mm -hmm. actually matter. Um, they cost a lot more points, though. 110 points in a Stormcast list goes a long way. Mm -hmm. uh, they have a 12-inch flying move as opposed to a 10-inch standard move. They have 3-inch cohesion instead of 1-inch. They have... I had to look this up to double-check it, but yes, they do have 2- and 3-inch range on their attacks as opposed to 1-inch on the Dracoths. Frankly, I'm mm -hmm. not sure why the Dragon's mouth has a 3-inch range, but... Okay. Got a really long neck. It must be. Versus a stubby neck. So stubby neck versus long neck. Is it That's like helicopter it. hovering and just kind of giraffe necking you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, weird. Essentially, um, <laughs> fulminators are always Ren two, while the stormjacks have to charge in order to get that Ren two. Again, you'll probably mm -hmm. be charging them every turn that you pair, so that it, it could come up enough that you get stuck in bad combats. Uh, the breath attacks. The drakes have the edge there on a three up. They deal D three as opposed to four up. They deal D three, and then on a five up, they deal D six. Um, one of the main reasons I really like Drakes is because they do a tremendous amount of mortal wounds if you get lucky. And the threat of that is huge, especially when you're double breathing up with a squad. Double breathing, yep, exactly. Yeah, so, uh, in terms of mount attacks, they're all three up, three up, minus two, two damage. So you just compare the numbers, right? Each Drake has four, while each Fulminator has three. Really simple comparison there. Drakes are better. Uh, in terms of footprint, again, this depends on what you want the unit to do. If you want a compact unit that can hit at the right angle and not take up too much space and not give your opponent a lot of surface area to attack you, then a smaller footprint is better for a charging unit. But if you want a huge amount of volume that your opponent has to deal with and can't just walk across and you take up a whole bunch of space, then a bigger footprint is better. So it's kind of like one of the reasons Gargants are so good is because people don't have the movement to go from one side of the Gargant all the way to the other because it's such a big model, right? It has a huge footprint. Yep. And uh, that's that's a benefit if you don't care about where your other models are on the table, but it's definitely a downside if you're trying to maneuver your own dudes around it, right? So footprint, it's a consideration. I don't think I would pick one unit or the other just because of that. I think it's just something you deal with. And drakes ignore spells on a four-up. Fulminators don't. Don't know why, yeah. but they do. <laughs> uh, the way you get battle line is a little bit different. In Hammers of Sigmar, you don't have to pay any points for that. You just get that. And uh, mm -hmm. Knight Draconis has to be brought, or Star Drake has to be your general in order to make the, the, the Drake's battle line. Which is expensive. 
when you're paying 500 points for a star drake and then 285 yeah for it's effectively at least at the minimum you want to be and you want to be paying that 255 point oh tax yeah yeah you don't you don't want to be paying liberators as well like you don't want to bring yeah. liberators to these guys yeah. And finally, the last thing really worth mentioning here, I think, is that Stormdrakes also have that hero phase move followed by a hero phase charge, which is mm -hmm. useful. Incredible. Uh, I, yeah. I it's think the true good. value of it won't be seen until we get the models on the table and we can actually experiment with it. But it is a potent ability, uh, not just not just turn one, because you can translocate the Drakes and then move them in the hero phase and then move them in the normal phase. Yeah. Exactly. And you can reroll the charge if you're. Or just excellent. charge them in the hero, translocate them, and then charge them in the hero phase. Yeah, and that way you avoid unleash out. Yep, there's a lot of potential with that. They're they're highly mobile, and that is a big reason that you should pick Drakes. Mm -hmm. But how did the damage stack up? Because if you're you if you're spending this many points, you want to know how much damage these guys are going to do. And uh, so we have a few profiles here. We've got the standard lances. You can see that the when they're not on the charge, storm drake guard with their lances don't do a lot of damage. Really, really low nope. damage. In fact, right? yeah, no, it's two point seven for a two hundred eighty-five. Yeah, that's that's a bad melee weapon. Fangs, yeah, make up for it quite a bit. You can see that the fangs are doing nine point five on a three-up save, uh, which is yep. great. If you're in sustained combat, they're going to keep chomping, and then it's going to make up for the terrible lance attacks. Um, then we have the breath attack, which is standardized all the way across. It's about seven mortal wounds because if you look at a third of the time, it does nothing. A third of the time, it does d three, and a third of the time, it does d six. It averages to less than two mortal wounds per model per shooting. So it's about 7.3 for four drakes. Yeah. And then I have a category here, a total no charge. That's the standard lance and the standard fangs combined together. And then the yeah. second one there total is the charge lance, the standard fangs, and the breath attack. Because we're assuming that the turn you charge, you also breathe on something. Probably the same thing, sometimes different things. But we're just looking at total damage there. And that is an impressive amount of damage, 24.5 on the charge. Mm -hmm. It's a three-up save. That's good. But let's take a look at what Fulminators have to offer. Across the board, when they're not charging or when they're charging, they're doing more or equal damage to the Storm Drake Guard. Yeah, that's pretty... That's, that's impressive. Yeah. That's, See, uh, I, if I had to guess, before I started this, I would have thought that the Drakes were definitely going to do more off the charge. But their regular lances are just so weak off the charge that it just doesn't do much. So if you're stuck in sustained combat, the drakes are really inefficient. When you're charging, mm -hmm. they're better, but still not as good as the fulminator. Look at look at the damage on fulminator: forty-one wounds yeah, yeah. to a five-up save. That's yeah, I mean, look look that the difference between the uh, total the charge damage between a drake and a uh, fulminator on the four-up save is, I mean, God, that's seven damage dip worth the difference, and it gets worse if you like. Oof, it's really good. Yeah, seven doesn't sound like um, a lot, but as a percentage, it's quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and this really makes me think like uh, maybe it's, yeah, I'm really just paying points in, in terms of Stormdrake Guard for the utility more so than the damage. The utility, just pay for the, pure damage. the mobility yeah. and, the, and the defenses, they are very durable. As you can see here, they're 6.3 wounds per point as opposed to 5.2 for the Fulminators. Or wounds per 100 points, let's say. So for every 100 points you spend, how many wounds are you getting? Yeah. So just to put it in a graph here, you can see the comparison is very clear. When they're not charging, you're doing the same amount of damage. When you are charging, fulminators are quite a bit higher in all categories. And then you break it down by point, because you have to remember that you are spending an extra 110 points for these drakes. 
is that hundred are you you're spending more points and doing less damage right so it depends on what yeah. you want the unit to do if you want a fast flying anvil drakes are good but if you want just raw max damage fulminators are the way to go yeah look, look at that look at the graph on the right side that's yeah it's crazy how fulminators just explode now uh, yeah. and this is with no buffs right like Plus yeah, zero, yeah, yeah. plus zero. No, all out of, we're not considering all-out attacks or yep. uh, wound or buff defenses. And one thing to note is like the footprint might actually matter because Stormgrave Guard has such a huge footprint and you typically want to make use of that dispersed uh, formation, that the cohesion rule that they have. They might not be in range of all of your buffs. Yeah, if you're, if you're spread out to... really far, then mm -hmm. only a three-inch pilot. I mean, you do have a three-inch range with the jaws, so those might get in, but your lances might not. Yeah. Or, or no, I'm not. I'm even talking about things that like we use to buff our units, like uh, the yep. Night Encounter Celestial Blades, for instance. Like you might not be in range for that, depending on how the match. Yeah, it, it's especially true with with knights having a smaller range on a lot of their spells. Holy within twelve is very different from Holy within eighteen when you have models mm -hmm. this big. Yeah, and if our guess is right, and these things are on 160 millimeter round uh, oval bases, yeah, that's going to be tough with a knight. I'm not sold on that. It doesn't seem that big to me. It, to me, it seems it like be, a, I think, yeah, it could be like one a one of five. Like I think a it's a ghost kill harvester. Base. Yeah, yeah, harvester, got to yeah. harvester base. Yeah, yeah. That's what it looks like to me. I think it's a little bit bigger than the Drakoth's base. I think one sixty five is too. Yeah, that's I think, like Star Drake. Yeah, I think that's um, crazy. I don't think that's right. I think it might. Be, yeah, I think it might be Archon base, Archon the Black, like all the Mortarks. Well, that's a one twenty. I think that's a little bit too big. That's like a Stegodon or a Bastilodon. Okay. Yeah, so I think that's a one yeah. size too big. So one size smaller than that, that's the 105. That's the uh, Ghost Keel, Harvester. There's a few other units that are on. It's not very common, though. That's what it looks like, but we'll, we'll see. I don't yeah, think anybody's but, been able to the footprint, it. Yeah, the, the point is the footprint will matter uh, as the game goes on yes, in terms of how you can apply your buffs. Because you have such a big cohesion, you want to encourage mm -hmm. taking up as much space as possible. So let's take a look at uh, analysis here. Roughly equal damage when neither of them charge or breathe which is a thing that occurs every time your opponent's combat phase happens, right? You're not charging or breathing mm -hmm. on them when they come to you. Um, drakes do 13% more damage when neither unit charges, but the drakes get to breathe. I thought that was interesting. If for some reason you mm -hmm. are in a combat that you don't want to retreat out of, right? Because you don't have, maybe your relictor has been killed or not to translocate you. Um, so that scenario yeah. can come up and it should be worth noting that if the drakes can breathe, but not charge, they will do slightly more damage than the Fulminators would. However, in every other scenario, the Fulminators do it more. <laughs> so 20% more when both units charge. Right? Yeah. And 30% uh, more damage per point when neither unit charges, and 50% more damage per point when both units charge. It's a, it's a shocking good. amount of damage. Yeah. Um, however, definitely worth noting the Drakes are more durable, right? They are way more wounds and more wounds per point, and they mm -hmm. have a lot of utility that you can't Account for in a raw damage analysis, right? Uh, doing more damage is great, but if you don't get in melee because you are slower, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, doing zero damage in that case. Um, doing also, fulminators are pretty like once you commit them, they have to foot slog it or be supported by a relictor for quick movement. Whereas drakes are like they can literally switch from one side of the battlefield to another with the hero phase move. Yeah, because that effectively gives them a twenty-four inch movement. Yes, they 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 serve similar roles in how they do damage, but. The way they move around the battlefield is different. Um, so, conclusions. I think we've made a good case that both units are strong and viable. Uh, they are not as easily comparable as long strikes and judicators. They're serving different functions, not different roles, but they're doing it in a different way. 
and they fit mm -hmm. into different lists. I think that is very apparent. Um, both units do a buttload of damage when they charge, right? Not, I mean, Fulminators do more, but look, Drakes do good damage, you know? 25 yeah. wounds against on a, against a three up. That's good. Yeah. Um, Drakes are a fast flying anvil unit that deals enough damage so that your opponent can't just ignore them and walk away. And they can spike crazy high with their mortal wounds and double breath. However, once you start mm -hmm. adding all this stuff, that's pretty much your list. Whereas fulminators are so cheap, you can just be like, I need a melee hammer? Oh, lots of fulminators in there. No problem. Yeah. They, they're, they're a lot more versatile. When I'm building my list... And I will say this. If you, if you aren't investing in four drakes or four fulminators, and you maybe say, okay, my list is mostly, I don't know, a strong key redeemer, but I really need a small hammer unit. Even a min squad fulminator is a better choice than a min squad drake, in my opinion. If you want just a hammer, counter, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. If you want that, if you want a quick counterpunch hammer, I think the min squad fulminator is better. Yeah, if you want something that can fly out and contest objectives far away, has a ton of mobility, can do a bunch of mortal wounds and take a lot of mortal wounds back, rakes are better in that scenario. So it depends on what your mm -hmm. list is trying to do and what you want to get out of that unit. All right, the next comparison is a weird one, but if you <laughs> are on our Discord, you'll hear me talking about this one a lot because this is how this is the this is how I convince people Tempesters are a good unit. I, I think I've even convinced myself that they're better than I rated them initially. I think I think I put them in B tier initially. I think yeah, they yeah. might they might even be an A tier unit. They're they're quite good. Yeah, it's like mounted adjudicators. <laughs> they're basically mounted adjudicators. Yeah. So. So I use this argument um, to help people understand why Tempesters should not be compared to the other Dracoths, because they look bad when you compare them to other Dracoths, right? Because they, mm -hmm. like, why would you bring these guys who have way worse melee attacks and what, what do you get, six shots per model? Like, who cares? That's yeah, and that's it's not nearly, range, like, that's not going to make up the difference between them and Fulminators, right? Yeah, It's yeah. not supposed to. They're not supposed to be compared to other Dracoths. So, why compare them to Adjudicators? Well, they can both fill a battle line slot, they have very similar range damage output. They have very similar points. They have similar wounds. And uh, yeah, there's just a lot of similarities. So if you accept that Judicators are a good unit, let's see how Tempesters fare against them. Uh, so we're not going to be using Thunderbolt Volley in this because spending a Holy Command and a Command Point to shoot a unit of five Judicators doesn't really seem worth it. Even 10 yeah. Judicators... Like, Tempesters yeah, aren't even eligible for that, I don't think. Yeah. They're not just a card unit. Yeah, yeah so... It, Tempesters are not, right? That's that's why I don't include it. If you are using Judicators for the Thunderbolt Volley, this comparison is not valid, right? This is this is meant for to showcase what Tempesters do and how you should reframe how you look at them. They're not meant to be compared to Fulminators. Um, so the Judicators will not use the Shockbolt Bow. That's the D6 Bow that we talked about in the last one here. It just makes it simpler to do mm -hmm. the analysis. The difference is, is very marginal, and I don't think it's going to make a huge uh, swing one way or the other. And neither unit's going to be double reinforced here because if you're using Adjudicator Squad of 15 dudes, um, that's a that's a different thing, right? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a Thunderbolt. That that the, again, it's going back to our we're not using Thunderbolt Wally, so there's no yeah. reason for us to consider double reinforcement. Yeah, right yeah. And Tempesters will lose a lot of their value with their one-inch attacks and melee. It's unfortunate. That's just something they have to deal with. Um, so the purpose of this again is not to necessarily see how much damage each unit does. It's meant to compare these two units, but not in a value judgment sense like we did with Storm Drakes against Fulminators, where we're seeing, oh, I want a unit that does this role. I will pick this unit because I want it to be more durable and fast, or I will pick this unit because I just want it to pump as much damage as possible. In this case, the purpose of this comparison is to 
help you understand why Tempestors are a very strong because you you have the framework of Judicators being a good unit. You can also see now why other things should be compared to it and how they stack up. So let's take a look at the stats here. Uh, very, very simple to compare these guys because they're so similar in stats. Uh, five Judicators and two Tempesters. And this scales more or less. You just double the numbers on each side. And you do lose one prime attack, but we're, we're going to be generous and give that to the Judicators here. So Tempesters mm -hmm. are six shots with their crossbows, not 12 like it's listed there, but since every hit turns into two hits, it's effectively 12 shots, right? So yeah. Tempesters, slight edge there. Uh, mortal Wounds, they both do Mortal Wounds when shooting. In particular, the Adjudicators do it through making it rolls of six, while the Tempesters have a second attack that does it on a four up. And it averages yeah. slightly higher. Uh, the maximum shooting yeah. damage that is possible, Adjudicators, 11, Tempesters, 18. You have to spring, swing pretty high with those breath attacks, but yeah, you'll do more damage uh, maximum. The range is definitely a consideration here. Judicators have a much longer range at 24 compared to the 12 of the Tempesters. But when you account for the movement, that comparison gets a little, little, more, uh, little more even because Judicators only move 5 inches while Tempesters double it. They move 10 inches. Yeah. The total threat ranges there you can see is a lot closer. Um, Judicators have a threat range of 29 inches while Tempesters 22. Now, the range on the Tempesters is not that big of a deal because you want to be jumping into melee with these guys when needed. So the fact that you're up close... Yeah, you want to be up close. Yeah, mm -hmm. it doesn't really make any consideration. And when we go to like Wounds and save right there, uh, they explain why Tempesters are just more durable and then they can actually afford to be up close. Yeah, yeah. Now, Judicators are slightly less points, you know, 20 points less, which can be a difference in a, in a lot of lists. And they're always mm -hmm. battle line, as opposed to having to play Hammers of Sigmar to make the Tempestors the best they can be. And then, mm -hmm. uh, so that's, you know, if you if you ignore the bottom three lines there, this is a pretty fair comparison. It's like, oh, do I want slightly more damage or way longer range? That's a fair comparison. But then you look at how much melee damage the Tempesters do. Uh, they have the same three up, four up, minus one, one profile for one of their melee weapons, which is a Liberator attack. Mm -hmm. The Tempesters get six of those compared to the five from the Judicators. And then you have the mount attacks, which are, they're a good profile. Three up, three up, minus two, two damage. That's a very strong attack profile, for, especially for a, a, a battle line unit. And they get six yeah. of those attacks. So they can do 18 wounds in melee, 18 wounds in shooting. Yeah, if you max everything out, yeah, that's pretty impressive. And they're accurate. Everything's on threes and threes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Judicators have the better range, but Tempesters deal more damage. They can spike much higher. They do good melee damage. I wouldn't say great. It's not like nowhere near Fulminators, right? It's, uh, it's nowhere near Concussors, but it's, it's serviceable. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And that's why this comparison is important, uh, because you're not supposed to compare them to Concussors. So Tempesters cost 10% more, but for what you get out of those 20 points, they have double move, 20% more wounds, better save, very strong melee attacks. So if you were to use Judicators and you would think, that's worth 200 points to me in my list, would you spend 20 more points to upgrade, let's say, to a Tempesters unit? I think a lot of people would. I personally yeah. would, right? I really like Tempesters. I'm, I'm having yeah. a lot of fun with them, especially as a squad of four in a Hammers of Sigmar list. They can jump in and do 36 wounds plus their sword attacks while also having the shooting power of two Judicator squads. So if you try well, charging I, them, they can unleash and they can just do a lot. Yeah, well, I, what I particularly like about them is, uh, and we discussed this when we were discussing lists last week uh, regarding my Dracoth list, is... Typically, you want to send in one group of Dracots at a time. It's not the super aggro list where you just want to engage all across the front. 
And which means that if you're sending a squad of four fulminators in, uh, the compressors can just hang back and start shooting screens or anything that's, you know, trying to engage the fulminators the next turn. And then yep. they can jump in turn two after that, after the fulminators are done mopping something up, they can charge again and the tempestors can go in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, they're not meant to be the front line screen cracker, get into the middle of the army and kill everything, right? They're meant to hang around on the edges of combat, shoot off support fire, and then charge in at the right moment in order to finish a key unit off or potentially double charge in with a second unit of something else. And they, it can be the supporting unit in that case. And when you frame them in that way, I think Tempesters are looking real good in this edition. Agreed. All right. The next comparison is titled Crossbow Adjudicators versus Everyone. <laughs> and the reason for that will be apparent when we're finished. Bit of a spoiler, I suppose. Uh, but the purpose of this comparison is to see the average damage that each of these shooting units can deal because all of them can use Thunderbolt Volley, and uh, I wanted to figure out what's the biggest Thunderbolt Volley you can do. And then another reason to do this comparison is to see the efficiency of each shooting unit. So previously, we did not consider the damage per point of Judicators and Raptors, although we did mention Raptors are cheaper. It was more so in the sense of, of how you put them in the list. In this case, we're just looking at raw numbers. How much damage per point are you going to do? So we're going to use the same method we used earlier. We're going to analyze the unit's different stats, and then we're going to break down their damage and, and the efficiency. Um, only units that can activate Thunderbolt Volley are considered. So we're not going to look at ballistas necessarily. I have added them later just to discuss them because I feel like it's worth discussing them, but they're not a big part of this consideration because they can't use Thunderbolt Volley and uh, mm -hmm. suffer for that. <laughs> uh, we're going to assume that each one of these units is the biggest size possible um, because that's how you're going to be using Thunderbolt Volley. I don't think it's worth using with a squad of five dudes. It's not worth a, an enhancement. You should probably I would even take the run and charge instead of a five-man Thunderbolt Volley. Not that much damage. We're going to assume, yeah. because there are varying ranges, uh, anywhere from 18 to 30 inches, we're going to assume each unit is going to be in range to shoot in both phases. Now, we're going to have to figure out if that's a feasible strategy necessarily for 18-inch shooting units. But for the time being, we're just going to assume you're going to be in range of both. We're also going to assume none of these units have plus one hit in the hero phase. Because, as we mentioned in the Long Strike versus Judicator earlier, uh, that requires resources. You have to get Aether Wings up there. Not that easy. And we, we will assume that each unit will be using all-out attack in the shooting phase for plus one hit. I think that is a fair thing to do. Yeah, because if you're bringing a big block of shooting, you should probably be giving it plus one hit. Running one CP on it. <laughs> yeah. Either that or a Torlon or something. The point is you mm -hmm. are buffing this unit invested a lot of points into it, you should also invest additional resources to make it as good as it can be. So first up, let's take a look at the damage profile of crossbow adjudicators. They have two different weapons. One of them just doubles its hits with no rend, and the other one has rend 2 and 2 damage. And as you can see, the rend 2, 2 damage one is a significant portion. Yeah. In particular, the Thunderbolt crossbow is doing about a third of the total damage that the Boltstorm crossbows are doing. And so again, you have the typical, here's your, your, your standard shots, your total, and then here's your plus one hit shots, and then the total of that, and then the Thunderbolt Volley is the combination of those two. Now, it's been a little while since we were talking about the other shooting units, so let's compare those values with the others. As you can see here, the long strikes do the most damage against two-up saves, 
but against everything else, even three up saves, crossbow adjudicators are crushing them. And yep. it gets more and more pronounced, I guess, as, you, as you have reduce, a reduced yeah, save. Reduce the saves. Yeah. yeah. So if you're looking primarily at threes and fours as your as your analysis, crossbow adjudicators are stronger than long strike rafters. By quite a bit, too. It's not a small difference, especially against four up saves. It's not a small difference. Yeah. And it's uh, almost nine points from the 15 adjudicators. It's yeah. crazy good. And as expected, castigators, since they're there's only six of them. Uh, they don't have the damage to keep up with the other guys. They are not a good use of Thunderbolt Volley. It should also it should be noted though that Castigators can have Empower cast on them, which is interesting. If you have Evocators in your list already and you're not attacking with them in melee, they can empower your Castigators and they can be uh, the they can be on twos and twos with Ren two, which is not bad for a 200 point unit. And then let's take a look at just a stick. So that, this was the Thunderbolt Volley, which is, okay, crossbow adjudicators are the highest damage. Long strikes are the highest range. We've already done long strike versus adjudicator. Uh, hurricanes are just bad. There's really no other way to say it. Um, yeah. <laughs> they're 18 inches like crossbows, but they do way less damage. And they're elite. They're far more elite too, yeah. which doesn't. And they cost do any a lot more points, which which you'll see when we get to the, the efficiency. Yeah, about range. forty more points. Yeah. So this this slide here is just showing uh, one shooting phase. How much damage do each of these guys do? Um, so just let's say you're not putting a lot of resources into this. You are just uh, you've already used your, your Thunderbolt volley, or maybe you didn't bring it in your list for some reason, but you still want to compare all the different shooting units. Uh, this is how they stack up. You can see that uh, 15 crossbow adjudicators is still the best shooting option. Which makes sense. If you have the highest Thunderbolt volley, you're going to be the best uh, outside of that as well. But it's interesting to note just where the ballistas fall in all this. So in one round of shooting, four ballistas are not doing that far off damage. Right? Now the problem with yeah. four ballistas is that you have to bring an ordinator to buff all of them or a Torlon. And that it has is. not been accounted for in the efficiency rating, just because it's it's too difficult to tell how you're getting that plus one hit buff necessarily. And it could also be buffing yeah. other things. So we're just going to assume the ballistas have plus one hit, and that costs them no points, because uh, you're not going to use command points on ballistas. That's a huge waste. But yeah, you can see ballistas aren't that far behind. And considering they don't require any command points or enhancements out of your list, they're not a bad choice. Agreed. Now, reliably doing 10 damage to a 4-up save with 4 ballistas is is pretty good. Well, not reliably, but on average, right? Because you can swing higher low with the yeah. ballistas. Yeah, 8 or 9 average, it means you're essentially using ballistas as just long-range snipe support heroes. You're not using them against any important targets, but right. crossbow adjudicators and long strikes, yeah, sure. that's They're, they're going to do that job better. Yeah, if you want mass damage, you pick adjudicators or long strikes. If you want pinpoint precision sniping, you pick ballistas. Which um, it kind of makes sense, looking at how the units work, right? Like Judicators are going to fire a lot more arrows than a ballista mm -hmm. would, so it fits the models. Agreed. And you can see the charts down there, just really showing how poor Castigators are, even when they're reinforced. But this is not considering their point cost, right? If we do consider their point cost, suddenly Castigators are looking a lot better. They're very comparable to other units. In fact, 
when they are empowered against three up and four up saves, Castigators are the most efficient shooting unit we have. Which is very interesting. Definitely. Now, and as we expect, long strikes are best against two up saves, and crossbow adjudicators are, are better across the board. There's just this one little blip in the data with castigators uh, getting empowered against them. But otherwise, crossbow adjudicators would be crushing. They're just so when good. we consider this uh, point, uh, sorry, uh, per point efficiency, um, we just want to point out like you're going to need evocators to be able to do that. Like, you're going to have to bring them in your list. Yeah, in order so to the, get this, this is only if you already yeah. have evocators in your list already and they haven't yeah. used empower on yeah. themselves. Mm hmm. Yeah, so it, it actually could be worthwhile, maybe if Evocators come down in points a little bit, to bring mm -hmm. Evocators alongside a squad of Castigators, have the Evocators buff the Castigators, and then have another wizard give the Evocators Celestial Blades. Yeah. Or, I mean, it, it could be like, like like another, like we said, Castle Formation thing, where early on you're just empowering Castigators, and later on when you're going to go out of the castle and punch things, you, you yep. uh, exactly. empower themselves. Yeah, so it's... um. I don't see that being a huge thing because Castigators are only 18-inch range. But mm -hmm. it's worth looking at. It's a cool data point, I think. And if you look at it in terms of efficiency, Ballistas are not that far behind a lot of our other shooting. Right? In particular, Bow Judicators versus Ballistas, uh, the rapid-fire Ballistas, are pretty similar. Yeah. Pretty dang similar. Yeah, quite comparable. The yeah. The Ballistas are not bad by any means. They're just not the super high damage output unit that all of these other ones can become. Except Castigators and Hurricanes. So just the Judicators and the Long Strikes. So <laughs> Yeah, just, uh, just don't build Hurricane Raptors. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. So let's look at an analysis here. Long strikes rap Long Strike Raptors consistently do the most damage against two-up saves. So if you're looking at a high armor stack meta, Long Strikes are still the way to go. However, against everything else, Crossbow Judicators are doing quite a bit more damage. 9% more against three-up saves, but 30% more against fours, and 50% more against fives. Crossbow Judicators yeah. have the strongest double tap against most saves, most units. Um, and they get even more efficient if you bring them in MSU because you get more. The three shots on the special weapon is significant yeah. because it's rent to two damage apiece. Uh, you can't use Thunderbolt Volley if you have min squads. But if you're just bringing, you know, here's a bit of shooting, I'm not necessarily focused on Thunderbolt Volley, then Crossbow Judicators are. You have 200 points. What shooting unit do you bring? Crossbow Judicators. Most damage. Yep. Uh, they don't rely on on uh, mortal wounds, mortal wounds or hit rolls of six, which can be a bad thing because there are some units that make you reroll hit rolls of six, and the other units don't care about that because of how triggered effects work in this game. You can only have one of the two, so you just you know you ignore the reroll um, because you're you have an effect that happens on a six. Am I incorrect about that? Uh, so uh, Archeon got nerfed. He no longer has Eye of Shiren making rerolled sixes, right? Okay, but so there's still other has, uh, There's spells. So the one I, what comes to mind, because I play this army, is Asiarch Bone Reapers. They have a spell called Drain Vitality. It makes you reroll every hit roll of six or a save roll of six for whatever they target with that spell. So is a reroll a triggered effect? Am I correct, or, or should we look into yes, this more? Yes, because, yeah, because, because uh, if a dice roll triggers two effects then the person who controls that effect uh, would uh, choose which effect. But, however, the dice is only counted as unmodified after reroll. So if it was a, a reroll effect, it, you would have to resolve it before you can consider that roll unmodified and any effects on that unmodified 6 to take place. So if you have an effect that says reroll hit rolls of 6 and an effect that says mm -hmm. hit rolls of 6 to a mortal wound, 
you would re-roll yeah, it. Yeah, you would re-roll it first. Six, yeah. Okay. Okay, so I was incorrect. Reroll first. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fine. That that's not a major sticking point. Uh, the bigger thing. So crossbow judicators do the most damage, it seems. Uh, but eighteen inch range is really hard <laughs> because you want to be yeah. you want to be using that thunderbolt volley before this unit takes casualties to get the most value out of it. And eighteen inches in the hero phase is tough to do. You have to do some shenanigans, uh, either force your opponent to go first, or what you can do is translocate forward and then shoot immediately. Uh, but that has some range restrictions still, 18 inches. You have to be within 18 inches to shoot the target you want, and also hold yeah. within 18 inches of a Lord or Draconith. Not necessarily that easy to do. Oh, on that topic, one thing I forgot to mention in the Stormdrake analysis, they have the Draconith keyword, so they can yep, activate they can holy commands. commands. They can activate holy yep. commands. Celestin yep. Prime cannot activate a holy command, but yep. a random dragon can. Yeah, none of the Primes can. Even Andrasta is not a Lord or a Knight. So yeah. she cannot activate Holy Commands. So <laughs> there's that. And we have that information. Uh, okay, so Crossbow Adjudicators, they're not fit for every list. You don't just replace your long strikes with these guys and, and expect your list to do better because a guy on a podcast told you they do 50% more damage. It's not how it works. You have to build an army that can support that damage. And what that needs is a aggressive and fast army that can pin down an opponent, and then you teleport your, your Raptors, or sorry, your Crossbow Adjudicators forward, and you unleash them. Uh, because if you are not pinning down your opponent, they're just going to get on your flanks and charge you for moments. So you have to have something that can push forward very quickly, either a lot of deep strike units or really fast cavalry. Stormbreak guard. Storm I mean, I, guard. I love these yep. in a possible Stormbreak guard list. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so other analysis points here. Uh, castigators are quite efficient if you have evocators already. Um, and they are interesting because each evocator can buff a different unit of castigators. So if you bring two squads of six castigators, both buffed by uh, different avocator squads. That's really efficient shooting. Yeah, absolutely. Hurricane, Hurricane Raptors don't seem to have any purpose. Uh, they do less damage than crossbows. They're never battle line. I don't... Yeah, and they don't have rend, so... Why? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would not consider them seriously. I, I right. crunch the numbers, and if they were... 200 points, they would be more efficient against 5 and 6 up saves and that is a a small niche. Uh, it's still not good enough. I think Hurricane Raptors need to come down to like 190 to be useful. They're really bad right now. Um, I would say, yeah, or 200. Yeah, 190 or 200. They're, they're so bad. Uh, the next time we update our tier list, I'm, I'm going to be putting them in the D tier because their points are you know, so honestly, I would have ruining them. Yeah, I just honestly, I thought they would have done the Tempester thing on them and given them minus one Ren, like a minus one Ren crossbow, but which is just which pays for it with the higher fragility rate, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been good. That would have been a that would have been a good niche for them, like sort of like between a Tempester and a crossbow adjudicator, but you know, something like that. Yeah, uh, ballistas are not the most efficient, and you do need to buff them, and it's not easy to buff them because you need. Uh, Toralon or an Ordinator, they're not easy to buff with a lot of attack. Uh, yeah, they have, they have low movement, shot, they're high footprint. So Yeah, but that Ren 3 shot is good. Uh, it's just not yeah. the mass damage. So if you're bringing Ballistas, they're not the rapid-fire shooter that they used to be. Just keep that in mind. Alright, so here's a sample list that can utilize the Crossbow Judicators, I think. Um, this is the uh, the general idea. This was put together pretty quickly. It's not very well refined. Uh, but the idea here is you have one drop list, you either force your opponent to go first, and then you can shoot them because they're in range, 
or you play really, really aggressively and you teleport your, your uh, crossbows up. That's why you have translocation with a reroll. Uh, that's why you don't have any defensive artifact on the Lord Relictor. Uh, that's why you have a second Lord Relictor, because he can Divine Light something to get you a reroll of one to make you pump out even more damage. Uh, you have a Toral on there to buff everything. And your only main threats are 15 Judicators and 4 Fulminators. And the reason I pick Celestial Vindicators here is because Fulminators, with plus 1 to hit, and plus 1 to wound, and rerolling hit 1, and the Exploding 6s, will do about 80 damage on the charge. <laughs> yeah. So this the point of this list was to just do the max amount of damage you could do. Uh, and then I had points left over, so I threw some Castigators in there. Why not? Yeah, sure. So this is the kind of list you have to build to support crossbow adjudicators. Uh, you can't just slam them into everything and expect them to, to do well. They have to be supported properly by the rest of your list because of their 18-inch range. Definitely. Yeah. The next comparison here, uh, you requested that I do this one. I, I thought it was not worth doing. I thought it was a pretty obvious one, personally. But uh, I, I, I think it is. I, I, okay, so I'll, I'll add one, the reason why I think this comparison works or is at least somewhat necessary. With the introduction of Stormkeeps and the eventual Cities of Sigmar units that we're rumored to get, people are going to want to try taking 15 of a, a double reinforced uh, Redeemer unit, or at least a single green or two units of single reinforced Redeemer units. So it's important to know exactly what they're capable of for their points. Um, Vindictor seemed like the slam dunk auto take, but we just want to show you like what each unit can get up to for its points and why sometimes we include liberators in our list. Or like Paul seems to take liberators in his list when it would just be better to take Vindictors, maybe. Well, that's what I would have said. But then you made me do this comparison, and I've come to some very different <laughs> conclusions. So this one's actually well, that's, that's, that's what we're here for. Let's, let's get into it. So all of these Redeemer units, the Sequiturs, Liberators, Vanquishers, and Vindictors, they're five models, two wounds apiece. They're all more or less the same amount of points, like 115 versus 145 is, is the, the swing. It's not that big of a difference. Um, they all serve the same role primarily. They are your basic chaff. They wall, they screen, and they do light damage. And we're going to see how much damage they actually do. We're going to break that down by point, and then we're going to also talk about what niche each unit is trying to fill. We will only be using comparisons of squads of five because none of them really scale past that except Vindictors. So, uh, yeah. And typically, if you're going to bring you know, 15 of a Redeemer, it's not going to be Liberators. It's not going to be Sequiturs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. For the sake of making an easy analysis, we're not going to give any of these units any bonuses, not using all-out attack. You probably shouldn't be using all-out attack on Redeemer units, unless you have a block of 15 yep. Vindictors with a Vandis backing them. Or yep. some some gimmick Sequitur block. It's generally not worth using. No, that is literally the only thing. Yeah, I can only think of that, or yeah, that's the only time I can think of doing so, it. Let's take a look at their stats. Uh, you can see defensively, uh, they're all four ups. That's the standard. Then there's small variations. Liberators add one to save rolls all the time. Sequiturs get a five up board in combat. And Victors are three up all the time. Functionally, that's exactly the same as having a four up with a plus one, unless you are trying to buff it past that. Right. So if you never buff mm -hmm. it, that's exactly the same save. If you buff it by one and then your enemy has rend one, you still have the same save. So the only reason a 3-up yep. save would be better than a 4-plus with plus 1 is because you're stacking a lot of save buffs in order to get it to a 2-plus. I think, it, yeah, it starts paying off when you start stacking plus 2 saves, yep. really. Plus 2, plus 3. Yep. 
functionally though, they are identical because you're not you're generally not going to use a lot of defense on five vindictors. You might if somebody charges you with like a light cavalry unit and you just want to yeah. make sure you survive that. Yeah, okay. It, it, it's a nice thing to have a three up safe, right? It's not a bad mm-hmm. thing by any means. It is a good thing to have. Uh, compared to the five up ward in the combat phase, yeah, I'd rather have a three up save all the time. And then Vanquishers have nothing. They're just, they have nothing defensively. Uh, Mortal yep. Wounds output. Liberators, a lot of people forget about this ability, but at the end of the phase, they do D3 Mortal Wounds on a four up if you're fighting near an objective. Um, yeah. Sequiturs do none, Vanquishers do none, and Vindictors on a hit roll of six. So in a squad of five, you're going to do an average of less than two Mortal Wounds, which is nice. Not a bad thing for a screen yeah. to have a little bit of damage. In terms of points, Liberators are 115. That's the best one. <laughs> uh, can yeah. these, should you reinforce these units? Liberators, no. You don't want to reinforce them. They're only one-inch range. All you gain from reinforcing them is more wounds. That's it. Yeah, it's Just not worth it. bring a second squad. They're, you're not going to buff them offensively or defensively. Just bring a second squad. Sequiturs, maybe. I put yes just because I wanted to discuss this. Um, there is value in, in reinforcing sequiturs because you go from three grand maces to five. So your front row can be all grand maces if you want. Yeah. So there, there is some uh, value. attacks and negative one rand two damage. Yeah. Your second row can't do anything. But yeah, you get they're there to just take die. You, they're die, to die and take wins, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That front row is is good. Uh, is that worth two hundred and ninety points? No. Definitely not. Definitely not worth 290 not. points. Use a different unit no. when you do damage. Uh, Vanquishers, yeah. should you reinforce them? You might be tempted no. to say yes, because that's the only way they get their banner and musician. But no, you should not reinforce Vanquishers. They're only one-inch range. They are only doing damage, and uh, you, they only have one-inch range, so why would you reinforce them? You don't Even getting more wounds is not that useful, because they're only a four-up save. If you brought ten more wounds of Liberators on a three-up save, you're doing way better. Uh, vindictors, yes, you can reinforce them. Uh, in fact, any any list that wants redeemers should use vindictors as their hammer unit. Well, not the main hammer unit, but you know what I mean. Stack all your buffs on them because they're two yeah, inch yeah. reach. Uh, their damage just scales linearly. You double the size of the unit, you double the damage. Nice and simple. And you can look at the damage done on the bottom there in the chart, and you can see that uh, vanquishers are weird. <laughs> Sequiturs are obviously the higher damage of the three Liberator Sequitur Vindictors. Yeah, I mean, that's just because of the higher presence of Grand Maces. Yes, you have three weapons. Grand Maces instead of instead of one and Liberators. Yeah. Um, you also have threes and threes, whereas Liberators are threes and fours. And uh, Vanquishers are actually doing, without the bonus attacks against Hordians, Vanquishers actually do less damage than Liberators, on average. Yep. I Especially, think the only time Vanquishers become slightly better is against when, when they're on their max profile, not when they're four attacks apiece. Yep. And when you consider Liberators, uh, if you consider the Lalo the Tyrant from the Liberators, which it's worth separating those into two different things, uh, Liberators are actually doing more damage than Vindictors most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And if you break it down by points, you can see Liberators are looking really, really good. Because once you flatten all those curves out, it's like, well, hold on. I could spend 15 more points, but I'm not really getting 15 more points of value, especially if you know Vindictors over there. 130 mm-hmm. points. Damage per point is not great. Now, you're not bringing Vindictors for damage. right? That's not the reason you're bringing Vindictors. You're bringing them because they're a durable screen that can poke things and sometimes do mortal wounds. Yep. Right. So if you flatten out the curve, damage done per 100 points, uh, Vanquisher is still looking real bad there. 
They have to have lots and lots of dudes in range. They don't have any defensive benefit. And uh, yeah. So let's compare all these units to Liberators to see how they perform. Uh, so just regular Liberators on the left here, you can see that Sequiturs are doing about 50% more damage all the time. Uh, Vanquishers in their no bonus attack category are doing less than regular Liberators. Uh, in their medium category, they're still doing less damage than Sequiturs. Only in the best case scenario where they all attack a 10 wound unit is when Vanquishers are, are doing anything significant. Uh, Vindictors are quite a lot better against two up saves, but then the comparison to Liberators gets worse for the Vindictors as you get worse and worse saves. So if you're fighting high saves, the Vindictors are doing a lot more damage than Liberators. But as you can see, once you account for Lalo the Tyrant on the right side there, Vindictors actually end up being worse in almost every scenario. They're about equal against threes, and then worse against yeah. everything else. And generally, you're not trying to kill high save units with your with your redeemers. Yeah, and th and that's the sort of weird dichotomy here because you think of them as a great anvil unit, and they're likely to get if you try to use them as a hammer unit, they are likely to get tarpeted by another anvil unit and perform worse against it than liberators. Yeah, yeah, they don't have the damage to punch through other anvils. They're an anvil that can't kill anvils, mm -hmm. which is fine. That's a fine niche to have. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Just don't expect to kill the whole enemy army with Vindictors. Yeah. And uh, maybe consider how many points you're spending. So let's do an analysis, analysis here. Sequiturs do 50% more damage than regular Liberators. Uh, Vanquishers do 8% less, or 33% more, or 75% more than Liberators. Vindictors do about 10 to 30%. And once you factor in Layla the Tyrant, as you saw, it really helps Liberators make up that gap. Yeah. Differences are actually very minor, though. We're talking about percentages here, 75%. We're talking like 1 to 2 damage per combat phase for every 5 miles. It's really similar damage, to the point that a couple dice rolls has a bigger difference than which unit you pick. And in yeah. terms of damage per point, as you saw, they're very similar across the board, right? Like, not a big difference. Um, as we discussed, 4-up uh, of the plus 1 is the same as a 3-up in almost every scenario. Unless you're fighting 10-plus model units, Vanquishers are just really bad. Uh, they're easy to kill. They only get bonuses if they're reinforced, and they're only 1-inch melee, so they're not good to reinforce. Sequiturs usually yeah. do the most damage, but they also only have a 4-up save. Their 5-up ward is good, but it's only in the combat phase, and it's marginalized by other wards. Like, for example, if you're playing them in Stormkeep or Hallowed Knights, you'd probably want Gardas yeah. around. And, uh, or is, there, is there an argument to be made, though, that uh, if you take Sequiturs and Stormkeep, you can just keep turning on their exploding hits, giving them a pseudo-divine light. Oh, sorry, not divine light, blessed weapons. Yes, but hit rolls of six. I mean, I, I think, yeah, if I remember if I recall correctly, that, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like having plus attacks, one hit. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It yeah. averages out to a plus one hit. Yeah, which is like a 20, going from threes to twos is like a 20-ish percent bump, bump in damage. It's yeah. uh, or twenty five, I think, something like that, which is like fine. Twenty five percent increase in damage is good, but we're still talking about, you know, one to two damage. It's not a big difference in terms yeah. of actual damage done. It's not like when you buff up a unit of grand hammers and they end up exploding and doing like fifty damage. Yeah, <laughs> one to two damage is it's not nothing, but is it worth thirty points over a liberator? I don't think so. Uh, probably not. I personally I think, don't. Think yeah, so. I think. Yeah, I think sequiturs need to be same as vindictors in points to yes. be worth consideration. Yep. I think 
sequiturs need to be the exact same cost as vindictors. I think it would create an interesting um, set of variables where you have here's your liberators, there's your baseline. Do you want if you want to pay more for a better screen? Do you want more damage? You pick sequiturs, or do you want more uh, slightly more survival? You pick vindictors. Yeah, and I think for, and based off of this analysis, I would say vanquishers need to be the same as liberators. Yes, because. Because I think those, so we have these like two groups of redeemers that are basically sort of have their own little niche at that same point level for what they're worth. Yeah. Yep. I would, um, I would say uh, personally, I would prefer vanquishers were two damage and they cost 145. So then you would just have yeah. a unit of five um, grand weapons. Yeah. yeah. I would like just that. had a unit of great swords all the time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, that would be, you know, wish list for Stormcast. That's on there for me. I want vanquishers to just be grand hammers, all of them. Um, no, but at the points of, if they were at point uh, liberator level points, uh, meta dependent, I could see them being taken. Like if someone just went, okay, I want two squads of liberators as my anvils, and maybe one squad of vanquishers in case I face like a really tarpity horde unit. Yeah, I could see that. But at one twenty-five, no. At at one fifteen, sure. So yeah, one fifteen for liberators and vanquishers, one thirty for vindictors and sequiturs. I think would be a very interesting change if we get that. It, it would be interesting, but you're generally would you pay points? to reduce the save roll of your screening unit. That's where Vanquishers are right now. You're paying 10 points to get a worse save than a Liberator. No, I would not. Would you pay the same points to get a worse save? Mm. Because that's the main thing in question here, right? The damage is, is not that big. None of these units are, are big hitters. So you're really looking at their, their defensive capabilities first and their offense second. So if you're trading what plus one save all the time versus yeah. sometimes doing an extra attack or two per model, really not yeah, a big difference. It's still, yeah, it's still, a, it's still, a, it's still a tough call. Yeah, it's still a tough call, for sure. With their current war scroll, for me, Vanquishers would have to be the cheapest battle line. And then their niche yeah. would be the cheapest battle line. So when you want to just skim off five or ten points and make something else fit, that's where that's yeah, where yeah. Vanquishers would come in, and that's horrific. I hate that that would be their niche, right? And and I yeah, I forever really, a new unit for a brand yeah. new unit, like yeah. And the yeah. models are cool. I mean, so cool. Look at the poses, like uh, it's like Blade Guard veterans, and they're just yeah. So they got bad. these they got these sick half cloaks, and then these huge grand swords, and then they just got this garbage war scroll. It's so disappointing. Yeah. Um. So what what I was alluding to earlier is that uh, I'm actually gonna. I think I might bump Liberators up to S tier, in my opinion, because the difference between Liberators and Vindictors is almost nothing. Uh, liberators actually yeah. end up doing more damage in some scenarios than Vindictors do, if you account for a level of the time point. And the three up and the four up with plus one are, in most scenarios, they're going to be exactly the same. Yeah. So Especially against like minus one rent. It's only like against when you really start stacking a lot of it's, saves in your strong keep list. Yeah, it's when your save bonus up. stacking gets higher than their rent. That's the only time it matters. Yeah. And it has to be enough to get you to a 2-up. Right? Because if you still end up with a 3-up, it's the same. Now, I know we didn't account for this, but there, the thing to consider is Vindictors are Thunderstrike, so you will get that extra dice on Blaze of Glory. Yeah. That, yeah. How, how many wounds is that? For every six guys that die, you get an extra mortal wound. Yeah. So for every five five dudes, it's so you're effectively getting fifteen dice versus ten dice. So 
Maybe that's an extra less, mortal wound less than one mortal yeah. wound per squad. Yeah. Yeah. Not, you know, it might, when you're talking about damage this small, it could actually matter. So you're right about that. Maybe I should have counted for it. Yeah. The Vanquishers also do that, for the record. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not the reason you want to bring them, though. Yeah. If you find that reason, let me know. Uh, so here's a sample list for what it would look like if you're trying to be offensive with the Redeemers. I put this in Hammers of Sigmar because I wanted to use Vandus Hammerhand. I went with a one-drop battalion because I want to force my opponent to go first. Because I want to fight over objectives in this list. And I don't have the mobility to push into them. And I and you'll notice here, special bit of flavor, I have four Tempesters. I want to play a mid-range game with this list. I want to move the army up and fight over objectives the whole time. I don't want to do any fancy flanking maneuvers. I just want to push forwards. The Tempesters add a little bit of range to the list, which is otherwise lacking because I went with this heavy theme of, of using a lot of uh, Redeemer units. Mm-hmm. And uh, this this has to play strategically. This doesn't have the damage to wipe out enemy armies. This has to win through battle tactics. It has to win through objective control. So you do have 15 Vindicators here, which have a Lord Castellan, so they always have plus one save. And you can AOD them. That's another plus one save. And you can Mystic Shield them for another plus one save. Yeah. Why all the saves? Yeah. Just get along. And then Vandus Hammerhand adds plus one to each of their attacks. So that's 15 more attacks. Yeah. 50% more damage on the Vindictors. You know, that's a lot of attacks. Yeah, that'll, that'll put some dents and stuff. Yeah, right? 45 oh. attacks on two up, two up. Mortal Wounds on it rolls to six. I think this is about as good as you can get Vindictors. Uh, you'd have to start giving them Divine Light to roll ones, and there's just better units to use that with, I think. Yeah, so yeah, this is, uh, this is just something I put together to, to show this. One thing I like in particular here is that I, I'm using minimum-sized squads of Liberators, which I think are the most efficient battle line that we have. I also have one five-man unit of Vindictors because I'm taking the Holy Command to resurrect one of these units, almost strictly because my grand strategy is hold the line. I think with a list like this, it's going to come down to uh, just a couple of victory points. So I want to make sure that the yeah. grand strategy goes off. So I've taken... Oh, no, I, I just I just like it as a uh, alternate strategy of, hey, let me just translocate these five indictors on an objective to snipe some early points. They can survive for a bit with some buffs. And if it's turn three, then they're counting as 15 models. And if they die, I'll bring them back and get on the objective again. Yep, you'll resurrect them. And then you'll translocate them again and walk onto an objective. That's 15 models your opponent didn't expect. Yep. Yeah. So that's um, is this like a tournament crushing list? No, it's just thematic. You know, it tries to make redeemers as strong as possible. Uh, I think you're going to be better suited. I didn't even bother bother counting the models of the wounds. It's how little effort I put into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's embarrassing. There we go. That foreshadowing from earlier in the episode has finally come to pass. <laughs> Next up, we are going to look at Paladins and Evocators. So why are we comparing these units? Isn't it obvious that Protectors are the best? No, it's not obvious. <laughs> uh, they're all similar in points, wounds, saves, movement damage, a lot of similar stats, and they all have more or less the same role. They are your hammer melee infantry unit. They are meant to do a crushing amount of damage, either on the counterattack or after translocating forward. Uh, so we're going to take a look at how much damage each one of these actually deal. And since they have varying point costs, we're going to look at their efficiency. And since they have pretty different abilities and stats, we're also going to look at specific niches each unit can fill. Uh, we're going to assume that the Protectors and Decimators are using Star Soul Maces. Uh, later on, I will 
point out when decimators stop using star soulmates because there is an inflection point, and I will start assuming that decimators drop them in favor of their regular weapons. Retributors will not be using Star Soul Mesas. They are less effective than their regular Mesas that just do a bunch of mortal wounds. And we will assume that the Evocators are able to successfully empower themselves. They're not using it on another unit. They are casting it on themselves, and the cast does go off. I think that is the best-case scenario, so we might as well assume it. So let's take a look at this huge chart. All the way across here, you can see, um, in terms of models, the Annihilators are suffering. There are only three models apiece, as opposed to the other ones being five, which means they're only nine wounds, which means they're a lot easier to wipe out. So they, especially the Grand Hammers, which you'll see end up being a lot of damage, they are quite fragile. They're like the Vanguard Raptors of melee units. In terms of durability, uh, they're all three up saves except for Annihilators with Shields and Protectors, which are both two up all the time. Protectors I've listed as a two up. Their characteristic is actually three, but since they get plus one all the time and you can't go higher than a two up, it's effectively two up all the time. That's how I've been yep. thinking about it. Um, worth noting is that Evocators have plus one move. I don't know why that would ever matter, but it could. If you're translocating, sometimes that's the one inch on the redeploy that, that can kill you, stop you from getting in. Uh, they're all bravery yeah. seven. Evocators are bravery eight. Sure. Uh, I mean, I, I would get, think of it as like magic makes them more brave, and they're they don't have as much armor, so they can be faster. You know, they fight ghosts all the time, so they gotta be brave, right? Um, yeah. Grand hammers wound on a two plus all the time. They don't need any help to get that to a two up, which is a good thing. You don't have to use any external buffs on them. You can save them for another unit or just not have to rely on them. Uh, evocators, like I said, they are wounding on two up because we are assuming they cast in power themselves. Take a look at how each unit does mortal wounds. Um, so your Annihilators and your Grand Hammers, they're doing mortal wounds when they are set up through Scions, not through Translocation, just Scions, and when they charge. And the combined average of those against one unit is 4.17. It should be noted that these units will do the AoE when they set up, so they hit a whole bunch of units. Um, it's a very small amount of damage, usually not significant, but if you are trying to play some kind of crazy splash mortal wound list, I would strongly consider an because they don't take up leader slots, which is typically what you want with that list. Mm -hmm. Retributors pump out the most mortal wounds. Every combat phase, they're doing five, five or more mortal wounds on average, which yeah. is great. That's, you know, Evocators were considered top tier units in second edition because each squad of five did about five mortal wounds each. And now Retributors yeah. are just doing that on top of having Ren 2, two damage attacks. Protectors and Decimators with max Star Soul Maces are doing about three and a third mortal wounds per uh, per combat base. We have two Star Soul Maces in the squad. Yeah. So how did these units reinforce? Um, well, not well for the most <laughs> part. <laughs> They're mostly one inch range. The only exceptions are Protectors with three inch and Grand Hammers with two inch. Uh, so bringing more than five is really just not adding a lot. You're adding one more model to the front line, and then the other four have to sit in the back because of the big bases. Very unfortunate. And I have saved yeah. here listed again. I don't know why. How about that? <laughs> um, well, also, the, I think the indicator points, I think they're 230. <laughs> yeah, what did I write? 235? Yeah, that's not right. It should be 230. Yeah. It would yeah. be 230. I think I just copy pasted the cell and then modify it. They, yeah, they are. Yeah. I, yeah, they need to be much lower, but that's a discussion for another time. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah I think the annihilators only have the edge because they have that. 
they are possibly, depending on how the translocation FAQ goes, the most mobile paladins ever. Or at least the ones with the best delivery mechanism in the game. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Because you can you can bring them in with silence and then translocate a second unit up. Which is a cool niche yeah. to have. Oh no, I'm I'm saying in case translocation gets FAQ'd. Yeah. This yeah, is like a seven inch rollable charge is I think eighty two percent, which is pretty good. Sounds it's okay. It's not as good as Gavriel was, but you know, you use what oh, yeah. I mean, use what you're given. Yeah. Uh, in terms of keywords, most of them are paladin, which means they can benefit from unleash thy hatred. Advocators are not paladins; they can't benefit from it, but they are wizards. So there's some uh, mm-hmm. some utility there. You can dispel, you can unbind, you can cast spells on other stuff, uh, and there might be some effects that specifically work on wizards. Uh, in terms of buffing, that's a broad category. It's what kind of utility is this unit bringing to the army? The three old cast paladins aren't offering anything; they just hit stuff. That's all they do. Whereas the Annihilators and Grand Hammers are rerolling their own charges. They don't have to rely on command points to do that. They don't have to have some kind of Vexilor standing nearby. And the Evocators have the potential to empower Castigators or Ballistas if you're doing rapid fire. So that's a little bit of utility yeah. there. Makes your list construction a little bit um, more interesting. And mm-hmm. all of them can be battle line in Knights Excelsior, except Evocators. They are never battle. And yep. one last thing worth mentioning, as you said, the Scions charge, the Annihilators and Grand Hammers coming out of Scions and Storm can have a 7-inch charge if you pay the Imperitant tax. Everybody else is stuck with a 9-inch. So, let's look at the actual damage here, the numbers. Uh, and as you can see, the, the clear winner is the Grand Hammers. Advocators with Grand Stabs against 6-up saves, yeah, close, but Grand Hammers on the charge are doing the most amount of damage. So how this breaks down is um, the first column there for a row, first row for annihilators, um, mm-hmm. doesn't include the mortal wounds from setup. It doesn't include any charge bonuses. It's just this unit is fighting another unit. They're stuck in a sustained combat. The following one yeah. marked there with charge. Uh, what that means is that it has done the setup mortal wounds, and it has, or at least had the chance to do them, and then it's had the chance to do the charge mortal wounds. Yeah. So I've I've assumed seven inch charges on these because that is the uh, most Average common roll and the role you needed. Yeah. Yep. And it's the role you needed. So I've assumed a seven inch charge when I need to assume one. And that's uh, where it ends up shaking out. So interesting things that happen here. The Grand Hammers are, you know, they're doing the most damage, but they're not that far ahead of the Retributors. And if the Grand Hammers are not charging, if they're not doing their, their charge mortal wounds, the Retributors are, are pretty far ahead in, against most saves, especially two and threes. Mm hmm. And again, this is just three up, three up, no buffs, uh, no support whatsoever. This is just the raw damage output. Protectors and decimators, as expected, they have the exact same damage output. However, if decimators are fighting something that has more models than them, they get their extra attacks on each guy, and they do a little bit more damage, but still less or equal to retributors, which makes me wonder, why bother ever bringing decimators? They are cheaper, I guess. That's about it. I mean, that's about it, but yeah, I'd much rather go for that coveted 2 upset. Yeah, or just way more damage. Um, mm-hmm. Comparing them to Evocators. Evocators are... Uh, well, the Grand Stabs are good against low-save targets, like they always were. The Sword ones are pretty underwhelming. They're underperforming compared to Retributors, and uh, that includes the five Mortal Wounds from the Lightning, by the way. So if you subtract five from each of those, you'll see how much damage the Evocators are doing, and it's it's not a lot. 
they're not great. Yeah, it's not a lot. They're really reliant on that uh, lightning arc. Yeah, the mortal wounds are a big chunk of it. That's always how it was, though, right? You never brought them just for, for how yeah, 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 yeah. It was how they, yeah, basically. So let's compare their efficiencies here. And you can see, again, as expected, Grand Hammers are the most efficient. For a, you know, uh, Grand Staffs on Evocators pull ahead slightly against 6 up save. But for the most part, Grand Hammers are the most efficient damaging melee unit. Agreed, yeah. Oh, that was, I mean, that could be seen. Yeah, the only downside to Grand Hammers is you're getting three models and nine wounds. Uh, yes, and, and, and that is a significant downside. That, that should yep. definitely be So that. you're missing out on six potential wounds on three up saves compared to, say, Retributors, or yep. two up saves compared to Retributors. When you vectors, take so. three wounds or six let's say you take six wounds, your Grand Hammers have lost two-thirds of their power, whereas the Retributors have only lost 40%. Yep. Not also, only that, but I think the charge impacts get worse as you lose models for uh, Annihilators. It does, yep. Uh, another thing here is that Decimators, despite being the cheapest, are still less efficient than Retributors. So, as I said before, they, the difference in points doesn't make up for the difference in damage. Yeah. And so for fun, let's take a look at how much damage each unit can do when you give them every buff, right? So all of these <laughs> units have plus one, plus one, they are reinforced, and they are using Unleash Thy Hatred. So it's a little difficult to get plus one hit and unleash thy hatred at the same time. You pretty much have to rely on a Toralon to do that. Uh, but let's say you yeah, do, yeah. right? Let's say you're some, like, just, you know... You're a guy who plays Vigilors. Why yeah, not? you're some Giga Chad, and you figured out how to get that. You're either using an Azuros or Vigilors or Toralon, right? Point is, let's look at the max damage that these units are capable of. And <laughs> it's pretty hilarious how much damage Grand Hammers do. They're doing almost yeah. 40 damage to... Yeah, a that's like two Archeons worth of damage right there. And none of that is mortal upset. wounds. So if they have a four up and yeah. no against mortals, like that's just that's just damage. It's gross. Yeah. Uh, protectors are coming in second, despite being the worst uh, or one of the worst damagers. And damage uh, that's purely because <laughs> of their reach again. I think it's yes. yeah, it's, it's 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 the reach where things start to pull ahead. I think. Yeah, you can see in the in the leftmost column, I've noted how many models you can expect reasonably to get into combat. With the cohesion rules, you can expect about four annihilators, yeah, the, the six Playing with the geometry of it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's typical. If you can find an extra one, sure, I don't think it's going to make a big difference. It's going to be maybe 15% more damage. It's not, best case scenario, you're fully surrounded and everything's attacking, but how often does that happen? Yeah. Um, I've started assuming at this point that decimators have more, or sorry, less models than the unit that they're attacking. In which case, they've, they've mm -hmm. swapped out the Star Soul Maces and they're all using their more powerful weapon. Uh, the only time mm -hmm. that the Star Soul Maces are better for Decimators is when they have an enemy with a 2-up save. Otherwise, the Ren 2 Axes actually end up doing more damage than the Star Soul. Which makes sense when you have 7 yeah. attacks, right? When you have 7 attacks, yeah. Totally. yeah on 2s and 2s. Um, so Decimators, again, still falling behind. There's, there's no reason to reinforce this unit. Uh, and Min Squads, they're worse Retributors. They're not worth buffing. And the only time they are worth buffing, the other units are just better. Man, you kids really need to be 220 or 215. Yeah. I don't think they're in that. Yeah, that is not 230 points worth of damage. Good lord. No. Especially no. when you consider that they're the worst save paladin in this entire group. Yeah, and they uh, they just don't scale that well with buffs because they don't get Unleashed Thy Hatred. Yeah. The, the, the coherency is one thing, right? With one-inch weapons, but the fact that they yeah. don't get the plus one attack that other units can get is pretty brutal. And let's take a look at their efficiency. So again, this is all the buffs in the world. Uh, plus one, plus one, Unleash Thy Hatred, and they are reinforced. And you can see that 
as expected, Grand Hammers are the most efficient. However, Protectors are getting up there too. And as you scale those units up, uh, Protectors scale really well. Grand Hammers, nine Grand Hammers is really fragile. That's the only problem I have with that. Whereas yeah. 15 Protectors is really durable. So it's a matter of do you want the most damage in the game or do you want a unit of... Uh, what would that be? I don't see the point of taking nine grand hammers. That's a lot of points to be in yeah. to be sort of inflicted at one specific point in the game. And then you're protectors left stranded there. Of, yeah, yeah, protectors are sort of like a, I can hold a position with a large footprint. Grand hammers are more like what can I inflict at this particular point on the battlefield? Yeah. Do you, do you want to throw so, your raptors, your long strike raptors? Picture you've you've turned them into a melee weapon. That you can just bludgeon something with, and that's what grand hammers are. They do yeah. stupid amounts of damage. And just to illustrate how much more damage they do, here's a breakdown of how much more damage grand hammers do as a percentage compared to every other model that we've looked at here. So against regular annihilators, they're almost doubling them. Uh, they're only about fifteen to twenty-five percent higher than retributors. They're almost doubling protectors. They're doing about. 30% more than decimators in the best case scenario where they hit the big unit and uh, they're doing about 35% more than evocators. But when they're fully buffed up, the difference is shocking. They're doubling the damage of evocators. They're yeah, all, two and a half times yeah. regular annihilators. Even they, they, God, Grand Hammers do so much damage. It's so silly. <laughs> oh, trust me. I uh, play tested by proxying some of those this past weekend. Uh, it, uh, it wasn't pretty. They're just so freaking strong, but they're so fragile too. Unlike yeah, that, raptors, that, oh, they're, the, they're the only paladin that natively wounds on twos. So yep. I mean, that just, like, oh wow, I, they have celestial blades on them all the time. Great, and you can celestial yeah, blades another thing. Yeah, you yeah. don't have to worry about that. You don't have to have them on the table in the hero phase. Yeah. So analysis: um, annihilators with shields do pretty poor damage for their cost. Grand hammers are without a doubt the highest damage in basically every scenario. But they're not that far ahead of retributors in small squads. Uh, protectors and grand hammers both scale well with unit size and buffs. Like you mentioned, grand hammers are always doing a wound on a two up, so it's really easy to get that two up, two up state. The other ones require more buffing; it's more effort, more demand from your list. Not a big demand. Typically, you generally don't care about buffing two different units of celestial blades. And in most stormcast lists, you'll have one big melee hammer unit and one big shooting unit. Grand hammers are greatly diminished against a lot of threats in the meta. Uh, Gotrick, for example, or Coalesced units, or Ethereal units, where the Rentu doesn't matter anymore. Whereas 10 Protectors with plus one, plus one, and Unleash can kill Gotrick by themselves on average, which is insane utility, because you, if you're playing a competitive tournament, you have to think, how am I going to deal with Gotrick on this list? And if you have a unit, 450 points, that can just kill him, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, why not? The only paladins worth reinforcing are the Grand Hammers and Protectors, and Unleash the Hatred is probably not worth using your Holy Command on unless the unit is reinforced. And at yeah. the same, you can't use Unleash the Hatred at the same time that you use All Out Attack, so you have to rely on other sources to get plus one hit. And uh, Protectors. Something are, like the Knights Excelsior crate the helps yeah, there. That can do it as well. Handmade for paladins. Yep. The problem with that is uh, if you're reinforcing to get the most value out of Unleash, then probably going to start fighting units that aren't bigger than you. You're not likely to have mm -hmm. the Knight's Excelsior trait. 
Protectors are probably only worth using while they're reinforced. A uh, squad of five, I have trouble fitting them into lists because they're, even though they're on a two-up save, they're only 15 wounds, so a couple bad rolls. In the yeah, game. at that point, I just find 10 points more for retributors. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I actually do have a list. I just finished up two recently to get it into this presentation, but it's a Knight's Excelsior Castle list using three by five units of retributors with Yndrasta and a big unit of raptors to force the opponent to come to you. And when they do, you have your retributors counterattack. And Yndrasta resurrects them all the time, and Cycle of the Storm keeps them from getting wiped out. It seems pretty fun. It seems like a variant of the Hallow Strike list that I talked about in the last podcast. Mm-hmm. And other things worth mentioning, uh, min-size units of retributors, annihilators, and evocators all have different roles. As I mentioned, the evocators can buff up castigators and ballistas. They can also unbind and dispel. Annihilators with shields are a good pinning unit. You can drop them into play, uh, do some light mortal wounds, and then charge in and keep something locked down through two-up save. If you pick the right targets, a two-up save can keep you alive for a while. If you pick the wrong targets, you'll just die in mortal wounds and wonder why you spent the points there. Uh, Min-sized retributors are quite good at sustained combat, so although they'll do less damage than a grand hammer on the charge, they have a lot more wounds and do more damage in sustained situations. And it's possible to deploy Scions 7 inches with the Annihilators and then translocate another Paladin up. Uh, We talked about that concept in the Grand Slammer list last time, and uh, I like that combo. I hope it stays. Yeah. And that does it for the unit comparisons. What did you think from all this? Did you uh, get any new insight that you previously didn't have? Definitely. I think um, the biggest one was, I think, me considering or reconsidering Boltstorm Judicators in my list. Uh, Me, once again, like previously, all I was doing in my list was upgrading all my Liberators to Vindictors, but sometimes that's not maybe the correct move to do all the time. Maybe keeping them cheap and keeping them that effective is good. Yeah, you don't gain um, a lot from upgrading your liberators. It's it's the kind yeah. of thing where if I had 15 points left over and there's nothing else I can spend it on, I would consider upgrading them, upgrading in air quotes here, to uh, a Vindictor, but it's not it's not strictly an upgrade. Like, I wouldn't start my list with three units of, of five Vindictors as my battle. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the other insight. And yeah, I would say it mainly gives you an insight to things as to where they lie in points efficiency. So... You know, if you if you're one of those people who want to recommend changes to Games Workshop, you can you sort of know where things lie, you know, in relation to their points. So you know some things aren't worth their points, so they could definitely be adjusted, and you know, be be like that in the future. So, yeah, that uh, brings us nicely into the wrap up stage of the podcast, where we just want to talk about uh, what we're working on next. I think uh, you want to take this one. Yeah, so next week uh, we have a video, or sorry, we have a podcast on what are the best allies for Stormcast. Uh, our allies list has been revised uh, a little bit. We don't have access to Daughters of Cain units anymore. Uh, but there are some very interesting units that so we want to look at when considering uh, what we can make use of. Um, again, like uh, I think Paul mentioned this last week, we're not going to consider things that are just bodies. So we're not considering just like cheap chaff units like Skinks and like Free Guild Guard or whatever. Uh, that's obvious, but we want to consider some niche applications of trying to plug holes in some Stormcast lists and seeing how we can uh, make things better. So look forward to that next week. Uh, the other thing to look forward to is uh, I think the FAQ is due sometime this week or next week. Uh, we'll possibly doing a, we'll possibly be doing a video on what you can expect. And once the FAQ does drop, 
uh, we can sort of account for those changes in sort of an updated tier list and uh, what direction to take your list building into uh, based on the questions they answer and things they clarify. Yeah, we, we're hoping we can get a video out soon enough. Uh, like, for example, if the FAQ doesn't drop this weekend, then we're hoping to have a video out kind of discussing the, the contentious things that are going around right now with the Battle Tome, uh, things like Cycle of Storm, Translocation, missing keywords on some models. We just want to run through what we think we're expecting to see and then what the implications of it would be. And like you mentioned, we're, we also want to do a reaction video the first reaction video, we're going to have some great, uh, terrible clickbait for the thumbnail, I bet. <laughs> I don't want to be that channel. I don't want to use clickbait thumbnails. No, we're just going to talk about what the FAQ uh, does. It could go either way at this point. Games Workshop uh, could change their minds about how they've written the rules, or they could say, no, we wrote them correctly. Everybody is, is you know, just calm down, play with it. And it could go either way. So we either way, we've kind of thought about how the army could develop if they, for example, so you can't move after translocation. How would that affect our value judgments on all the different units? So we're preparing uh, an updated tier list in case those changes do occur. And uh, regardless of timing on, on our pre-FAQ video, we will definitely have a reaction video available. And then after that, I think I'm, I want to do another list video uh, after the FAQ. So feel free to jump in the Discord and hang out with us. And in a little bit, we're going to be taking community lists again. You guys can vote on which ones you want to see on the podcast, and we'll give them a review like we did last time. Hey, maybe maybe we'll uh, try and figure out some ways of making Storm Keeps good. I know we haven't done it a lot, but let's uh, let's put our minds together and try to do that. Oh, here's That'd a, be a nice here's fun a, challenge. Here's a challenge. You want a challenge? Uh, make an Anvil's the Helden Hammer list. <laughs> yeah. You don't. <laughs> uh, we also That's have funny. an idea for a list of... Because we love talking about Stormcast and we're looking through the book and we're thinking, oh, we wish they did this instead of this, or this costs so many points, mm -hmm. or, or you know, even in this podcast, a wish list for like a winter FAQ. Yeah, stuff like you know, vanquishers, damage two, that would be cool. Uh, so we kind of want to mm -hmm. put all those thoughts together in a list. We don't really know when it's going to be coming out, but look forward to that one eventually. I think that's everything. Right. So uh, yeah, we're going to put a link to the Discord in the description below. Feel free to jump in there. It's growing. It's becoming more powerful. Soon we will be able to take over neighboring podcasts like the AOS Coach and possibly Warhammer <laughs> Weekly. We'll just consume them <laughs> uh, using our, our brand hammer teleporting strategy. We'll just knock down their walls. And yeah, so feel free to jump in there. It's it's a good time, and we'll see you guys in the next one. See you next week, guys.